0: Well, today we honor our patronal, our patron saint, Saint Joseph, under the title though specifically of, uh, we we have got the main feast of Saint Joseph that takes place in March, but this is a kind of a secondary feast of Saint Joseph. It's a feast of Saint Joseph under the title of the worker. And, uh, I think probably it's, it's focused mainly on, uh, blue collar workers as opposed to white collar workers. Sorry guys. but, uh, but it does entail and it does encompass work in general. Okay, and so that's kind of what I'm going to be focusing on, is work in general. And I've got some really great passages, um, from, uh, the Catechism and from the Compendium, what's called the Compendium of the Social Doctrine of the Church. Uh, what I'm always amazed at, this is a little a little free aside, I won't charge you any money for this, okay? It's, it's, it's free. It's an aside. I am amazed by, I think, one of the most incredible sort of uh, testimonies to the beauty and the truth of the Catholic faith is the Church's social doctrine. Um, incredibly intelligent people have put a lot of thought into uh, economic issues, economic questions, and political and social questions and social problems. Um, you know, believers, unbelievers, Christians, non-Christians, over the course of the past 500 years or so. And um, but when you take all of the kind of the best thought that's out there, and you compare it to the church's uh, teaching, the social doctrine, um, it really it kind of pales in comparison. I mean, the church's social doctrine is um, is so all-encompassing and so intellectually far-reaching. And so thorough and so well developed and so well thought out, uh, it's breathtaking. It's breathtaking. And I think anybody who really just honestly spends some time, especially if you're an academic and you've got the, you know, intellectual background to kind of appreciate these sorts of things, if you spend some time just examining the church's social doctrine, you'll be impressed. And you'll have to admit it's really, it's superior to anything uh, out there. Doesn't really fall into a category of um, classic liberal or liberal or conservative or libertarian or socialist or you know uh communist or Marxist. It doesn't fall into any of those categories. It's really its own kind of entity. And it's brilliant and it's very, very rich. And uh there's something like what we call the compendium of the social doctrine of the church, which is just this nice little Book, it's really not very extensive, it's only actually about 240 pages and of basically summaries, cause you, the church's t- official teaching on social doctrine is immense, you couldn't really even read it all in your lifetime. It's, there's so much. Uh, but this compendium takes it and just kind of takes chunks of it all and puts it together in about 240 pages and then it's got an index That's about a 100-page index. So it's really helpful. So whatever kind of specific topic you're looking about when it comes to politics or uh, social issues or work and economics, you just go to the index and then it directs you to the you know appropriate places. And then from there, if you want to go deeper, it tells you all the documents to refer to. So it's an excellent, excellent resource. Um, But even our catechism has a little bit here on work. And this is what um, it says here. Human work proceeds directly from persons created in the image of God and called to prolong the work of creation by subduing the earth both with and for one another. Hence, work is a duty. Work honors the creator's gifts and the talents received from him. Okay, pause right there. So what we see here in our first reading, we see this the story of creation. And then God creating human beings and gives them dominion over the earth. And really what we see here is that all of creation is a work in progress. God started it and in a certain sense, you know, creation is completed. But in another sense, it's not completed. It's a, still a work in progress. There's a kind of a perfection towards which it's heading and God has ordained it that human beings would actually participate in that uh, work in progress so that we, through our efforts and our free cooperation with the will of God, would actually help God bring creation to perfection. And that's where work takes its meaning from, uh, any kind of work, blue-collar work, but also white-collar work as well, any kind of work. And in fact, uh, this is one last point here I'll, t- I'll make and tie it in, too, um, also household work. Okay? We have a very a very sad thing today, where um, women who are housekeepers or homekeepers are demeaned, it's devalued, and it's looked upon as inferior. You know, if you're a housekeeper, of course, many women today are working part time or full time and full time housekeepers as well. <laughs> so uh, they're doing a lot, um, but that, the church's doctrine does not demean the work of how of the householder. And in fact, it says it's essential to economic activity. So here are a few things that, um, that it says here. And this is in the Compendium, the Social Doctrine, of the Church. Uh, relationship with the, between the economy and the family and household work. It says the relationship existing between the family and economic life is particularly significant. Uh, on the one hand, in fact, the economy, you know, the word economy, is a, it's rooted in a Greek word, that is, it means oikos, Greek word, which means house, actually. So economic activity really actually historically and even to this day, it really actually begins with the house, with the family. Uh, so on the one hand, in fact, the economy, oikonomia, um, household management is a Greek word, was born from domestic work. The home has been for a long time, and in many regions it still is, a place of production and the center of life. The dynamism of economic life, on the other hand, develops with the initiative of people and is carried out in the manner of concentric circles in ever broader networks of production and exchange of goods and services that involves families in continuously increasing measure. The family, therefore, must rightfully be seen as an essential agent of economic life, guided not by the market mentality, but by the logic of sharing and solidarity Among generations. It goes on here in another paragraph. In order to protect this relationship between family and work, an element that must be appreciated and safeguarded is that of the family wage. The family wage. How important is that today? I would say that, you know, almost all of our ills goes back to the breakdown of the family. And a lot of the breakdown of the family Goes back to the fact that the two parents are both working and they're overworked. Okay, now part of that is they got to keep up with the Joneses, so they expect a certain kind of quality of life that's just too high. It's just ridiculous. But also, the family wage is not really something that the economy and the society at large appreciates. So consequently, people are underpaid. Uh, and we are structuring things in a very wasteful manner, such that the essentials and the basics for the benefit of the family are not being um, catered to. So, um, a fam- the family wage is a wage sufficient to maintain a family and allow it to live decently. Such a wage must also allow the rights, uh, allow for savings that will permit the acquisition of property as a guarantee of freedom. The right to property is closely connected with the existence of families, which protect themselves from need thanks to uh, their savings and the building up of, of family property. You know, we've got this whole thing where <laughs> the taxes are such that if you want to pass on your property to your children, it's like you're taxed to the nth degree. And like, you don't even want to do that anymore. So... The way that the economy is structured, everybody's got to start out on their own, all from the beginning. Like there's no such thing anymore as a family inheritance, uh, and that's also a real problem as well. Uh, there can be several different ways to make a family wage a concrete reality. Various forms of important social provisions help to bring it about. For example, family um, uh, sub- subsidies, 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 and other contributions for dependent family members. And also remuneration for the domestic work done in the home by one of the parents. Think about that. Remuneration, meaning payment, for domestic work done in the home by one of the parents. <clears throat> Basically, if there's a woman who decides to be a full-time uh, homemaker, she should be paid for that. Um, what does that concretely look like? Well, there, maybe it should just be subsidies, okay, tax breaks, or whatever it is. You know, I look at the phenomenon today of older folks shacking up. It's a huge problem. And you have older folks just going cohabitating their widows or widowers or whatever, and they go and they start cohabitating. It's like (laughs) they lived a really good life up until this point, and now they're going to end their life by cohabitating. It's kind of crazy. Um, They would marry oftentimes, but they would the things are structured economically such that if they marry, it's not good for them. So they just simply choose not to marry because they're going to lose economic benefits, social security, things like that. So we are actually organizing things such that marriage is penalized economically. Having children is penalized economically. Does that make any sense? Is that really good for a society? It's crazy. So, um, my brothers and sisters, we can just today, pray for wisdom and prudence um, to be given to uh, our leaders. Uh, we can pray for, I think, what we really need is, I'm amazed about how many um, Catholics are in politics today. Huge numbers of Catholics are in politics. And if these Catholics in politics would just simply study and embrace the social doctrine of the church we could transform the whole country, we could transform the whole world. The world would be a beautiful place if we just study and appreciate and understand and then put into effect um, in the social sphere and in the secular sphere the wisdom that comes to us from the church when it comes to economics and questions of labor and uh, money. Let's pray for that. Let's thank God that we do have that resource. And let's thank God that it is being employed here and there. Uh, Catholic social doctrine has made a difference in the world. From what I understand, um, the UN Charter of Human Rights, when it was put together back in the 40s or 50s after World War II, it was largely influenced by Catholic thought. Um, so that's just one concrete example of how we are making a difference in the world. Uh, let's pray that that continues all the more so um, today as we celebrate uh, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker.